Hello and welcome to the What's For Dinner show. My name's Lynn and my aim, along with my guests, is to explore how our food experiences have influenced our lives as well as our waistlines. I'm also joined on the show by Michael O'Halloran for our regular feature, The Nugget of Knowledge, where we focus on a particular food topic. It could be a deep dive into a particular item of food, a trawl through the latest food news or a discussion about a food trend. I have as my guest Madeline Dampier. Welcome, Madeline. Hiya. Now, tell me, is it Madeline or do you prefer Maddie? Whatever you want to call me, but yeah, it mostly most of my friends call, call me Maddie. Maddie. Yeah, brilliant. Maddie, just tell me a little bit about yourself. I am 23 years old. I'm from Devon originally. I'm a little country bumpkin. <laughs> and then I've lived in Bristol for four years and have recently moved to Liverpool with my boyfriend. That's not all there is to you, is there? You've got some other secrets, I believe. I love being creative. I've got a little side hustle called Madeline's Meals, where I make recipes and shoot photos of my food and upload them to Instagram so that people can recreate them. And it's just probably my favourite thing that I do. It's what keeps me, keeps me going, keeps this what I find fun. <laughs> well, I guess that's the main reason why I wanted you on the show, because I know that you're a self-proclaimed salad fanatic. Yeah, so well, I guess the aim of Madeline's Meals and my blog is to make healthy food exciting, because a lot of people think of a salad and literally think it's the most boring thing on the planet to eat so my whole aim is to make them sort of exciting and make salad sexy (laughs) and it's the whole aim I guess is to get people to think of eating well in a different way and not be bored by it and not think that it's going to be like you know a burden to eat healthy like it can be really exciting and it can be absolutely delicious I guess salads like like you say when I was growing up you know salad it was literally just lettuce and uh you know tomatoes cucumber maybe some regular onion chopped up so yeah it's it's there's been a a revolution really I think hasn't there yeah no 100% and I think platforms such as Instagram has helped people be connected through food and see the different food out there I think because obviously Instagram is global we've not just got English cooks you can find cooking from all over the world we've sort of integrated that together and like we're learning from each other like I've I follow some amazing chefs on Instagram they inspire me daily and it's just it's been a good way to sort of revolutionize cooking I mean it has for me anyway because it's like at the touch of our fingertips so it's so easy to find all these like fun and exotic recipes that you wouldn't really think of doing yourself the other thing I was thinking is I mean do you think salad is still the right word for it I had a quick huh, flick back yeah. through some of your uh, recipes and obviously there's quite a lot of cooked ingredients in there as well isn't there like so whether it's roasted tomatoes or griddled courgettes or aubergines and this sort of thing so it's kind of like you know do we need a new word that isn't just salad or maybe the word salad is the problem <laughs> yeah and you know I do love me a griddled courgette <laughs> that's a good point like how would you define a salad I think for me a salad sort of like a, you could have it as a side dish like a vegetable sort of healthy side dish to your main but I guess the good thing about the salads that I make 
because they are a bit more they've got more got a bit more going for them um is that you could have it as a main as well so maybe I shouldn't call them salads I don't know though but you need to call them something don't you because it made me think about the whole phrase bowl food that's quite a modern turn of phrase I don't know where that's yeah. come from but yeah because it's like um what bowl for the soul isn't it like a nourishing bowl you know <laughs> lots of people only ever have their pudding in a bowl <laughs> or their soup <laughs> whereas now you can have anything in a bowl yeah so the word salad mm, maybe that's you know we need to come up with something else you know, so I said, like, when I was growing up, salads were green. When you were growing up, was salad something that you ate at home? Well, it's kind of funny. And I bet if my mum is listening to the podcast, she'd be giggling right now. Is that when I was younger, I was the fussiest eater. I would only eat baked beans right. oh, and maybe fish fingers if I was feeling exotic. But I, li- I would only eat baked beans. And the fact that I, if you have a look... On Malin's meals, there's so much vegetables, exotic ingredients, like so much colour. And the fact that that all came from a little girl that would only eat baked beans is quite something, really. I remember mum trying to give me and my brother an aubergine once and we were literally disgusted. (laughs) Like, where are our baked beans? Well, it's funny now, like I will literally anything. I can't think of many things I won't eat. So I've done a complete flip. So what, So when do you think that started? Is that sort of, you know, when you're in your late teens or once you left home? Like when did you feel you started to kind of branch out, away from the, the humble baked bean? <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I still love the humble baked bean. <laughs> it's a it's a quite interesting point. There's no sort of time when I could pinpoint it but it's probably around late teenagers sort of age and I'm just starting to be a bit more conscious of what I was eating I really yeah started to become really aware of what I was putting in my body and I wouldn't you know just be living off baked beans and fish fingers and I had yeah I became quite like sort of OCD in a different way about eating um and you know I think a lot of young girls can probably sympathize with this when you're a teenage girl in this sort of society you're sort of bombarded with all this sort of idea of how you need to look what you need to eat I started becoming really obsessed about what I was eating maybe not in the best way when I realized that that was a problem I then started to think I need to think about eating in a way that is good for me and so that's I think where the healthy eating sort of came from you know, it is good that you feel that you've navigated your way th- through that phase and have got a better, healthier, more sort of holistic view on, on food and diet. Yeah, I've definitely come through it better. And that is sort of what Madeline's Meals for me was helpful for me because it start, you know, it got me cooking. I was ma- making my own recipes and and that's sort of what I wanted to help other people with. Because I love food. I've always loved food. And it just, I got really upset about the fact that I had this weird relationship with food. So mm. I sort of wanted to build that love back up. And that's sort of where my my love for cooking came from. Because then I was in control of, you know, what I was making. And it just made me fall in love with food all over again. And I sort of hope that my recipes can inspire. It's not just lettuce and carrots. Like it is really exciting you know you still got cheese in there you still got your protein <laughs> no yeah I like I despise the word diet just because it's not you know after you go through this diet you're then just gonna 
change what you're eating again straight away and like it's just maybe changing your perspective of food I don't really know I just yeah diets are stupid <laughs> did you go on diets as as we kind of traditionally would would know them as yeah oh my god you name it I pff, I did I did them all and they were all really stupid and like I did like the apple diet the smoothie diet the you know just eating cucumber with soy sauce honestly all the weird diets and the weird things that are out there like you name it I did it <laughs> and I just remember being absolutely miserable <laughs> even if I was probably like the slimmest I've been I was just so miserable like the food is the thing that brings me joy even now like I'll finish breakfast and I think about what I'm having for lunch it's my favorite part of the day and like I'm glad to have that love back 100% I was like to get to the bottom of what Christmas was like with my my guests because it's such a pivotal sort of time for food can you sort of tell me what Christmas was like at home Christmas was always brilliant. Like I hate people. I know that's a strong word. I hate people that don't like Christmas. I get so excited about it. When they start playing the Christmas songs in November, I'm like, here we go. (laughs) Yeah, it was always lovely. So we were quite a family orientated family, especially on my mum's side. She's got two sisters. So we've got quite a few cousins. And um, a lot of the years we go up and see all of that family. So I just remember it always being orientated around seeing your loved ones. Food was definitely a big part of it. We just always discuss, you know, what we're going to have, like what cheeses we should bring. And my dad makes a mean roast dinner. So (laughs) it's always a highlight of Christmas. Oh my God, yeah, no, we actually go crazy on the food coming to think of it. I don't want to out my mum right now. We had our first fam, uh, family Christmas, just um, close family. So me, my brother, his girlfriend, and mum and dad. And we got really excited about it because we didn't have to drive for, you know, hours. We were, like, just staying at home in our PJs, just, like, all of us together. And mum spent, she spent £400 on M&S Christmas food. And we arrived and the fridge was just stocked and all the drawers were spilling and there was, like five different desserts 10 different cheeses I think we had like two different meats and a lobster or something she was like whoa Christmas <laughs> couldn't decide what to get so what the hell yeah. let's just get one of everything <laughs> yeah and we, we we're all foodies in our family so we all leave Christmas just like rolling out the door and it's the best best way to do it I wouldn't have Christmas other any other way than yeah so what so Christmas cake is that something did did you did your mum make a Christmas cake to be fair to be fair to the lady she does um every year makes her homemade Christmas cake I don't know why because only she eats it <laughs> no apart from maybe dad but no one else in the family really likes it but she'll make she'll start making it like a few months before Christmas you do this thing where you keep adding I think it's like rum or by the time it comes around for her to start making the next Christmas cake, there's still a little bit of last yeah, year's in the Christmas Yeah, if you soak it in enough alcohol, it, it won't go off or won't go mouldy. It'll just last forever. It's incredible. <laughs> Indestructible. <laughs> we always ate um, dinner together around the table. Mm. I think mum probably is a family family woman she made that quite imperative that you know meals were yeah around the dinner table you know no screens this is our sort of like time to get together even if it wasn't as cohesive as she wished because me and my brother (laughs) would be like screaming at each other and like 
yeah, no, I always remember having dinner, like all of us together. And we're quite a, um, a pudding family. So, you know, it was the way that me and my brother would eat is my dad would be like, if you eat all your food, obviously you get pudding. And I just remember every, after every meal, that would be like the highlight and we'd all make, have our pudding together and it would usually be angel delight I don't know if you've ever had it the best and so after after dinner and if it was cleared like we'd all you know whisk up the angel delight together it was brilliant classic I don't even know whether you can still get it next time I go to Tesco's I'm gonna have to have a look you can you can because I've actually got some in my cupboard (laughs) (laughs) might have to have some later I've never grown up (laughs) well I'm quite tempted myself actually I've never, I don't know, I don't try and make it the healthiest thing possible. So some people might look through my food and be like, you know, that's quite a few Parmesan shavings she's got on there. (laughs) But for me, it's just focusing on vegetables because I also, big believer in, you know, making food shouldn't be that expensive. So, because there's a myth that, you know, cooking healthy is really expensive. Yeah, I guess just like singing the praises of vegetables and sort of showing that, you know, eating veggie. I'm not veggie myself, but I try to, you know, not eat as much meat. You know, it's affordable, it's pretty easy to do, and it's not totally miserable. And I think, yeah, I think it's the the main veg content that makes it quite healthy, but as well as using grains such as like couscous and stuff to keep it filling Mm -hmm. so that you're not left, you know, craving a kebab (laughs) afterwards. Do you think at all about the protein, carb, fat content of the meals that you're creating or is it just just the variety of, of ingredients? Yeah, to, to be honest, if I'm completely honest with you, every every week I make a recipe, is, I'm just kind of winging it. Like I don't think about, um, I don't think about any of those, like what is it, like net carbs and mm-hmm. all of that. And mainly like linking back to when I had a funny relationship with food, if I thought too much about the calories and everything it contained, it makes you think of it in a different way so no I I really don't think about any of that at all I just throw it all together and hopefully it tastes good it, it, it does taste good <laughs> but yeah hopefully it comes out all right what are your sort of favorite ingredients at the moment you know what are you be, what are you drawn to at the moment or are there any kind of flavor combinations that you're you're kind of mulling over and thinking I'm gonna give that a go when I'm cooking I usually don't add too many ingredients into the recipe just so that it keeps it affordable but one of my favorite cuisines is Asian food absolutely love it and all those flavors um so yeah my most recent recipe was um sesame tuna steak which I've never actually cooked before and it's really easy and delicious and yeah with that I did an Asian slaw because it uses like sesame oil and soy sauce and it's just flavors I didn't have a lot so when I first discovered Asian food, I just absolutely fell in love with it. It is quite distinctive, isn't it? Sharp but sweet. Yeah, tangy. and quite yeah, zingy and but really refreshing and light and just like a party in your mouth <laughs> sort of thing. So your 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 your, your kitchen drawers are, are loaded with bottles of this, that, and the other. Yes, yeah, you should see my spice cupboard. It's got so much in there, like. We've um, obviously just moved and I've, I stole a whole cupboard just so that I could put all of my spices in. I mean, it's an investment, isn't it? When you first go to buy those sorts of things, it can be quite a significant amount to spend. Because I think one of the things that I think is quite important as well is encouraging people to buy the rice wine vinegar or whatever it is 
and then not find it in their drawer seven years later, the sell-by date, <laughs> and, and a tiny bit gone off the top. It's encouraging people to reuse those products and giving them a range of different dishes that they can use those things with so that they don't feel like they're throwing money away. Yeah, no, definitely, because once you invest in a sort of spice or an ingredient, and they're usually, you know, you don't have to get the fanciest stuff. Once you've got them in your cupboard, they do last for a really long time. Do you think it affects you mentally as well as physically, what you what you choose to eat on a given day? Do you find that when um, I don't eat, you know, healthy throughout the week? Because what I try to do basically is eat healthy throughout the week and then Saturday and Sunday I just kind of throw the rules out the window and, you know, have a takeaway or whatever and just eat whatever I fancy. And I find that that 5-2 balance really works for me because then I could still, you know, enjoy the weekends and not have to worry about the fact that, you know, I'm getting out for dinner with friends because I know that sometimes that can stress people out if they're on like particular like keto diets but yeah I never want that to be like ruined because I love eating out it's my favorite thing to do so I still want to have that fun but then yeah just eating healthy throughout the week sort of balances out for me and I find it makes me feel a lot better when I feel good about what I've eaten I just know that you know if I veer off it which is fine like you know it happens every now and then and it's completely okay but if I've had like you know a week of just eating I don't know chips pizza whatever yeah yeah baked beans <laughs> um, <laughs> baked beans don't feel good <laughs> yeah. but um just lots of like heavy food I do feel like like bad not not like guilty but I feel bad as in like I just feel really tired and like weighed mm. down and whereas I find that you know being mindful about what I'm putting in my body just helps me feel positive so you've got quite a good um healthy presence on social media so you're on Instagram I mean do you think overall that the amount of kind of food that there is on Instagram do you think it's broadly healthy or do you think there's still a sort of issues around what what, what we see on social media and how it affects us that's a good question, really. It sort of depends what um, content is reaching you, because whilst there is this platform for food bloggers to showcase, you know, how to eat differently and stuff, there's definitely that other side of it. It's definitely available to be a healthy platform if you choose to go and find it. <laughs> you know, because I think, I think, like you say, there is still a lot of issues around body image and there's a lot of fake news and misinformation about what food is good for you and what food isn't good for you and it's just I suppose just wondering whether Instagram and other social medias contribute to that or whether there's actually a case for saying that they help people choose the right things for them. Social media can still be a dangerous thing especially with like body image and you know if you were just seeing photos of xyz celebrities and stuff but then on the other side, you know, there's a platform where there's people trying to battle that. So it's sort of what you choose to follow. So I made a point a couple of years ago to just unfollow all of those sort of celebrities that I would look at and be like, oh, wish I looked like her. I just I unfollowed all of them. I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> and instead, I, you know, I only follow accounts that I know give me that good content. So like healthy recipes or just like, I follow quite a few accounts of women just, you know, being inspiring women. Um, and there's definitely, that's become more of a thing, you know, with women being more open about their bodies and showing, you know, what real life bodies look like. I just think you have to sort of filter what you follow and be really careful about who you're following, I guess. 
of all your postings on social media, do you have, have you been surprised by any particular one that's been really popular? It's any time I make a vegan salad. So if I, you know, put hashtag vegan, they're always the most popular. Actually, I've done one recently. It was like a artichoke Mediterranean one. And I don't think it was, you know, I love that salad, but I didn't think it was going to pop off at all. But yeah, just because I hashtag vegan, it got loads more attention than usual. So yeah, I think that I found mm. that quite surprising that it was just the fact that I didn't add cheese to one of my salads. Madeline, it's been fantastic having you on the show, an absolute joy. And I want to wish you all the best with Madeline's meals. I'm sure in the not too distant future, you'll be a superstar. Bye. Thank you. That's really nice. Bye. Bye. I'm doing something a bit different for Nugget of Knowledge this episode. Inspired by Maddie, I'm going to run through how to make the Tuscan artichoke salad that was such a hit on her Instagram account. And then Michael and I will taste test it, consider the health benefits of some of the ingredients and ponder the evolution of the salad in recent years. So it's into the kitchen and I'll talk you through how to make this delicious salad. So the first thing I'm going to do is make the dressing. Now I'm only making enough salad for two of us. So I'm going to use a tablespoon of olive oil, which I'm putting into an old jam jar, uh, which is what I use to mix up my salad dressings. So one tablespoon of olive oil goes in there. And then one tablespoon of red wine vinegar. There now. We then want a teaspoon of dried oregano. If you haven't got dried oregano, you can use mixed herbs. So that's in there. And then a pinch of salt and a grinding of black pepper. I always recommend using black pepper rather than a white pepper. Put the lid on. Give it a good shake until it's combined and then you can just put that to one side and then we can move on to the salad ingredients. I've got a few different sorts of tomatoes here because I've been lucky enough to get some from my mum's greenhouse, some little ones. I've also got some from the supermarket, baby plum tomatoes and I've also got some sweet vine ripened tomatoes uh, which I have to have in the fridge. You can pretty much use any tomatoes and you just want to chop them into smallish pieces if they're cherry or plum baby ones then you can just do them in half of course. So I'm just chopping them up. Um, you can also buy packs of tricolour tomatoes which would be quite pretty. I did have some of those but um, I've used them for something else before I got around to doing this recipe. Then in a dish, one more I think, and the next item is a red onion. Now peel the red onion and then I like to do mine into sort of half moon sort of shape. So I've got half an onion here, so just take the outer skin off and then just use your knife to cut across the onion. I don't want them to be too big. 
but tries to leave them a reasonable size so they give a nice bit of crunch um, and add a bit of colour. So put them in the dish. The next item is artichokes. Now I've got a jar of artichokes here and they're actually quite big so I'm going to cut them into smaller pieces. Uh, it makes obviously the jar of artichokes last a bit longer. And I think you still get the flavour even if you haven't got huge chunks. So I'm cutting the larger artichoke heart pieces in half, put them in the, in the salad. Now they're covered in olive oil and stuff, but don't worry about that. That can all just go in, it'll just sort of add to the dressing really. Okay, so that's the artichokes in. Get rid of that. So the next item is a tin of chickpeas, which you tip them into a sieve and then drain them under the cold tap. Now, you can either use just a few chickpeas or you can use the whole jar. It's up to you. I'm going to put the whole can in because Mike and I really like them. And then the next item to go in is the roasted pepper. Again, these are a bit oily, um, but just chuck the oil in along with everything else. Slice them up, chuck those in the dish as well. Okay, that's your basic ingredients. Just mix them all up, go back to your dressing, and then pour it liberally over. Yum. And last but not least, we're going to sprinkle on the top some toasted seeds. Also, going to add a few basil leaves, make it look pretty, add a little bit of extra flavour and there you have it, Tuscan artichoke salad, delicious. So Michael we're here, we're about to eat Madeline's Meals Tuscan artichoke salad, we're eating it with a bit of cold roast chicken left over from yesterday's tea, so when you look at the plate what do you think? I think it looks really good. There's the chip or a bit of bread inside, but actually it looks it looks as if it'll be pretty filling. You want me to tell you a little bit about the, the beauties of um of the salad? Yeah, do you want me to talk can I tuck in? Yeah, you can. Yeah, okay. Good, you carry on. So we've got in here lovely tomatoes. Now as we know, tomatoes are an important part of a healthy diet. Mm -hmm. They are a huge source of antioxidants as well as vitamin C and vitamin K. Mm. Well, they're a big part of the Mediterranean diet, aren't they? Which yeah, is, they are, which yeah. Which is renowned really for its healthiness. Exactly. And the big thing with the tomato, which I didn't realise, is that it has something in it called lycopene. So what's, what's the importance of that? Well, lycopene is an antioxidant um, and it's what gives tomatoes their red colour. So when you say it's an antioxidant, what's you know what's that matter? What's that matter? Well, it basically helps to prevent inflammation. So um, they are very good things to have in your diet in order to reduce the risk of disease. Right. Okay. 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 And yeah, obviously from a colour perspective, it just adds a really nice bit of colour to it. This is really good, by the way. Vitamin C is obviously an antioxidant as well, and it's an essential nutrient. Um, and tomatoes also have a large amount of folate. You know what folate is? No. No. So folate is the natural source of 
vitamin B9, which um, is often taken as a supplement. Like a synthetic. Yeah, like yeah. a synthetic product as yeah. a tablet, particularly by women who are pregnant. What I thought was interesting is that the extent to which the body absorbs lipokine, no, lycopene. <laughs> lycopene? Lycopene. Do you like no. peas? No, lycopene. So you can incre- increase the absorption by the body up to four times by having your tomatoes with a fat. The combination of fresh tomatoes and olive oil, for example. Does it need to be a particular type of fat? Well, olive oil is a good one because olive oil is probably one of the most healthiest fats that you can eat. Yeah, so lots of tomatoes in this recipe. There's also, of course, artichokes. Now, artichokes, did you know, is actually a thistle, not a vegetable No, I didn't know that. It's a thistle. And it's very high in fibre, high in vitamin C and vitamin K as, as well, and also high in folate. So you're getting additional folate by having the artichokes. Alongside the tomatoes. Mm. And I, I really love artichokes. They're so good. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, as Mag, uh, Maddie and I sort of discussed a bit in the interview, the whole concept of a salad has come on leaps and bounds. Well, it's, yeah, like it's, it's not just up. a sad old green leaf. You know? No, no. I remember a salad basically being, you know, a green leaf, a bit of cucumber and a tomato. Yeah. That was pretty much, okay, you might get a bit of onion. Did you actually have salad in your house when you were growing up? No. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I'm trying to think when the first time I might have had salad, it, you know. It was probably with you, I guess. Mm, yeah. yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and now, yeah, so salads, particularly I think in the last few years, have really evolved. And if you can put in things like artichokes and olives, you know, then it, it really just kind of transforms them into a... Into yeah, a well, they're, they're, they're like, you know, they're, they're, they're salads on steroids, aren't they? They really? are, really, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So artichokes are very good for you, also a rich source of antioxidants, But they also, and I never knew this, contain something called inulin, which is a prebiotic. So a prebiotic is one of those, you know, um, bacterial things that um, help to improve your gut bacteria. Artichokes then are great to help with your digestion. I mean, I think it would be hard to say for sure that, you know, how many artichokes you'd need to eat to have a significant impact if you've got a particular medical yeah. issue around digestion and bloating. Yeah, but surely, you know, like, as with all of these things, it's about the balance of everything together on a plate, isn't it? So that, and then if you're doing that constantly, your diet is, you know, is supporting your immune system. The articles that I was reading were talking about um, an artichoke extract, which I think... So what do you do with that? Well, you would take that as a supplement, right. essentially. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, but all in all, I think artichokes are a pretty positive addition to the diet they can ha- have a, a positive impact on your cholesterol level too improve blood pressure and protect the liver from damage apparently so right okay so yeah all around good good egg now you said earlier that you like chickpeas um, and that they make the salad kind of look filling you know that looks like it's going to fill you up and you're yeah, not going to yeah. have to go run into the biscuit tin later or something and that's absolutely true they're a very good source of soluble fiber uh, they're a plant protein, and they're also a source of iron. Uh, so, yeah, again, an excellent item to be putting into your diet, whether you have them mushed up as in hummus or whether you have them, as we are, in a salad, or you can use them in curries. 
You know, if you're doing a vegetable yeah. curry, just chuck a tin of drained chickpeas in. There's evidence to suggest that, you know, they're a really good appetite suppressant. So if you have them as a sort of mid-afternoon snack, like I say, as hummus or something, then they can really help you get through to... Tea time. Yeah, to tea time or to your right, evening yeah, yeah. meal. And obviously a lot better for you than a, a bag of crisps. And or, they're really great. The dressing is actually olive oil, red wine vinegar and oregano, dried oregano, salt and pepper. So right. really simple dressing, yeah, actually. Yeah, that's great. Um, but it, it really adds to the to the flavour. And there's a bit of basil in there as well, fresh basil. It tastes fantastic. It really yeah. does, yeah. And it's quite crunchy as well with the red onion in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, red onion, I mean, it's a much nicer onion to use in a salad than mm. a, a regular white onion. I yeah, mean, yeah. Um, what they call spring onions can be good, but... The red onion just gives a bit of colour, mm. you know, just gives a, yeah. like say, a bit of bite, a bit of... The tomatoes, the artichoke and the red onion, then it just comes alive. It's yeah, great. yeah, you feel like you're having a really yeah, tasty, yeah. He- healthy meal. It's funny how, you know, normally you would think of the salad as being kind of an accompaniment to the chicken. But actually, in this particular case, you know, the salad is the main event and the chicken is just the side piece, really. Yeah, so really it's um, Tuscan artichoke salad with a bit of chicken on the side. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's red peppers as well, you know, which are great. Again, good source of vitamin C. They're red, so I'm imagining that they have a lot of the advantages that tomatoes have in a diet as well. So really, Tuscan artichoke salad from Madeline's Meals. Uh, you know, I'm about to finish mine and I'm going to tuck it into yours. <laughs> yeah, a there's a little bit left in the bowl. <laughs> You know, I'm thinking of things at the moment, like, you know, cause things are pretty tight for a lot of people financially. Like, this can't cost very much. No, I mean, obviously the chicken, yeah, is extra. But if you were to have it on its own, or you could probably have it with hard-boiled eggs. Cherry tomatoes, I mean, you can often get them for 60, 70p for a punnet. Right. Um, I think for two of us, you'd probably only need to use half a punnet anyway. Red pepper, usually about 50p for a red pepper. I might have used a whole pepper, but you could you could use half a pepper, you know, yeah, just yeah. to sort of eke things out and make it go farther. This is half a red onion, so that's pennies, really. It's loads. Yeah, there's a whole tin of chickpeas in here, um, because I know we love them. And the tin of chickpeas is probably about 60p. They've gone up a bit lately, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. So they, you know, they might be as much as 80p now. Right. Um, but, you know, to all in, like, it's it's not costing a great deal, is it? Not really. And the artichokes, I mean, they've got quite a strong flavour. So, you know, you buy a jar of artichokes probably between £2.50 and £3 for a jar. I reckon you could probably make this salad at least three times for the two of us, maybe even, even more than that, from one jar of artichokes. If you break it down like that, it's not, not massively expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah, yeah. And if you had it on its own and didn't have the meat or fish with it, you know, because you've got your plant protein. Oh, and also you've got your seeds on top, pumpkin oh, yeah, seeds, yeah, yeah. sesame yeah. seeds, yeah. Um, which are toasted lightly um, in a frying pan. Um, but they're a good source of all kinds of vitamins and minerals. And you could add additional seeds. You could probably add some toasted nuts if you wanted to that would probably be quite nice i think you could if you wanted to have it with feta cheese 
mozzarella cheese. Vegetarian. Have, yeah, yeah, to have option. some dairy. I mean, that would make it non-vegan, but, it, you know, it would still be a vegetarian dish. No, I'll tell you what. I'm nearly through mine, but like I feel as if I've had a good meal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you have had a good meal. Yeah, yeah. Delicious. Yeah, yeah. Good. Excellent. Well, thank you, Maddie, for uh, that yeah. salad recommendation. We've loved it and uh, we'll probably be eating it over and over again. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Thank, thank you, Maddie. <laughs> thank you for listening to the What's for Dinner show. If you enjoyed it, please follow me on whichever podcast platform you're using. Leave a review too, if you can. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Just search The What's For Dinner Show. Do listen to the previous episodes where I chat to Carrie Crane of Carrie's Health and Fitness, to Becky Wright of New Leaf Workplace Wellbeing, and to the star of The Nugget of Knowledge, Michael O'Halloran. Next time, I'll be chatting to Michelle Beck, who is the founder of the Taunton Independent Market, a monthly event that is helping to transform the town back into a shopping and eating destination. See you there. Thank you to Rick Simmons of The Content Podcaster for his support and also to Pixel Bay for the music.